Kedushin Daf Lamates. We're starting from five lines down here. So we've been discussing how mitzvahs atulios ba'aris generally mitzvahs that are based upon land and produce are only knowing in Eretz Yisrael. However, we saw in the Mishnah there are certain exceptions. Chadash, the Israel eating the new grain, was machlok not a common Lazar. But now today we're focusing on Arla and Kalaim. Arla and Kalaim might be exceptions. So yesterday we tried to understand the nature of it being um, an exception. So we we, 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 we seem to say yesterday that Kalaim was a Durabana that applied outside of Eretz Yisrael, but Arla. There seem to be different approaches. Some people were saying it was only a minog. It was a minog that they practice it outside of it, out of Israel, waiting for the first three years for the fruits to become permitted. But it wasn't like Maker Adin. Is that what Arla is? Arla is the first three years. Fruits are also exactly. Um, so, so some people were saying it was only a minog. Other opinions seem to say no. It's a halacha l'moshe misinai. It's a halacha l'moshe misinai that even though it's a land-based thing, maybe it still applies outside of Eretz Yisrael. However, and I'm just foreshadowing what the Gemara is going to tell us, fascinating concept, is that if you have a, even if Arla applies outside of Israel, if you have a doubt if something is Arla, then it's permitted. Meaning the issue of Arla is only when you know it's Arla. When you have a doubt if it's Arla, so then you don't have, a, you don't have an issue. And we're going to see later today that even if it's halacha moshe misinai, it's like that was what the halacha said. You know, I wasn't there in Sinai, but evidently when Hashem told Moshe, that's what he said. He said, Arla is not outside of Chutzaretz, but Safik Arla is Mutter. So now the Gemara tells us a certain Amaram put this all into practice. Five lines on. Amalei Levi the Shmuel Aryoch. Aryoch was a, the nickname for Shmuel. Sapek Levi Anachel. Make make it make a suffix for me, and then I'll eat it. So here we're saying that one person is able to create a suffix for somebody else, which is fascinating. As long as as long as I don't know the fact that you know whether or not something's Arla, I'm not required to go ahead and find out. So here you see greater leniency than others fakers in the Torah. Generally, fakers in the Torah, if you could know the answer, you should find out the answer. Here, if you if, if you have a situation of doubt, as long as you weren't the one, you know, you didn't go to the tree and take. It during the first three years, where you clearly know it's forbidden, and then you're allowed to eat it. And there was a system where other would create doubtful situations for each other. They would create the suffix for each other. It was like a, a, a almost like a, 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 a game where each one would pick and then give to the other. So by the time it came to the other person, each one, the recipient, didn't know that it was Arla. And they would each do it and reciprocate for each other. So I said that was permitted. Now, so you do it as a famous Kashi here. Arla is also Hana. So if Arla is also Hana, so how are you getting Hana when you give away the Arla as a present? Meaning the recipient didn't know it was Arla. Okay, great. So the recipient didn't know it was Arla. He doesn't have the din of Arla. We're saying Arla and Chutzar doesn't apply to a Suffolk. As long as you don't know that it's forbidden, it's not an issue. But what about the fact that you're giving it away as a present? So if you're giving it away as a present, we should be getting enough in that. The Shemites is cash over here. They do a very strong question. Um, but anyways, that's what they were creating, situations of suffix for another. The Gemara, the most lenient, here we go. Amar Harifi, the Pumbitasi, the sharp people from Pumbitasi say, in all the Bukhazars, but there's no Isra of Arla even outside. They're saying it doesn't apply. There's Allah Sinai, there's no Digit Rabbanan, there's no Minog, nothing and nothing at all. Says the Gemara, how do we pass in here? So just to like speak it out, we have across the spectrum in the sense that we have on the one hand, we have people saying it doesn't apply. We have people saying there's a custom, people saying that, that, that there's a halacha, but it's mother and suffix. So the Gemara says, what's the psaq? Rabbi Yochanan said, said back, hide the halacha, the doubtful Arlo is mother. Meaning even though Suffolk, Arla is mutter. People are very lax about observing Arla because they say, oh yeah, it's mutter if it's a suffix, so they become lax. So therefore, you shouldn't announce it so that people don't come to disregard it completely. You should destroy anything which is definitely Arla. So meaning it's a, it seems that you could give it, as we saw in the Gemara, to a friend who doesn't know that it's Arla. That was the practice of the Amaram before. Biochran instructed, though, don't allow that. Again, we want people to physically destroy it to stop too many leniencies happening outside of Eretz Yisrael. And announce about the fruit 
that they should be shut away, meaning it shouldn't be used unless it could be determined that it's definitely not our law. In other words, we assume almost the opposite. We make it in a new stringency. Assume everybody's fruit is our law unless you know otherwise. And anyone who goes around and says that the law of our law doesn't apply to outside of Israel, him, his child, his grandchild, no one should have a portion in Klal Yisrael. Mamash, a curse that was given, Rabbi Yochanan gave. So Rabbi Yochanan was Mamash against the, 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 what, we just, what we just said from the sharp people from Pompadisa. They were saying there's no Allah and Chutzlash. Rabbi Yochanan is going the opposite. He's saying, you better make sure there is. And even though Me'ikar Adin, everyone agrees that Safik Arla B'chutzlash is Motor, Rabbi Yochanan didn't really put that in practice so much because he saw, be, be, he saw people being too lax in the issue. Now that now we just saw Rabbi Yochanan was so sharply opposed to the to the sharp people from Pompadisa. So the Gemara says, Inu who do the people from Pompadisa hold like? When they said Arla Bakhlaz not knowing Bakhutzars, where their where's their basis? It's like there it's like it says in the price of Allah, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Shumar Yosef Ben. They said over in the name of the town of Rebbe Lazar, So they all got it from a b'risa, quoting the town of Rebbe Eliezer. But what about our Mishnah? Remember what our Mishnah said? The Mishnah said that the rule, if it's, if it's, if it's land-based, it doesn't apply outside of Israel. In the town of Kama says, And then Rebbe Lazar added, Even Chadash. What does he mean, even Chadash? In addition to Arlo and Kalayim, also, Chadash applies outside of Israel. So it sounds like he's agreeing to what the Tanakhama said, that Arlan Kalim apply outside, and he's adding Chadash. So we see that he does hold Kalim is no outside of Israel. So a steer with different Rebbe says, you have to amend the Mishnah, not to say also Chadash, but just to say Chadash. But he, Taka does not agree, agree to the point about Kalim. All right, great. So we end up with a big dispute if Arlan is no outside of Israel. Says the Gemara... Another discussion now about the nature of the Isser. As, as I mentioned when we started, it's a halacha l'moshimisina, meaning even though it's land based, you wouldn't expect it to apply outside of Israel. It's a halacha l'moshimisina that it is. I'm going to say, Rabbi Asi, what are we saying? If I have a suffix of something, of whether in Israel, whether it's Arla, it's forbidden. In Surya, I could be mutter, and certainly outside of Israel, I could even go down and pick uh, from the Goyim, right? So if Arla applies outside of Israel, why are we lenient just because it's a Suffolk? So the Gemara answers what we said. Ishtomim Kishal Chater Vasi was startled, like he was shocked, he didn't have an answer. But Amalei, then he said to Abzeir, maybe it is a Machin but that's what the Allah said. The Allah said that doubtful Arla outside of Israel is mutter, only the definite Arla is awesome. Says the Gemara, another psak. Now we move over to Kalaim now. When you're outside of Eretz Yisrael and you do Kalaim, you get Malkus. Meaning what we're saying is that it's a Doraisa. It's a Doraisa to be over in Kalaim. Mixing species outside of Eretz Yisrael is a Doraisa. So we're not denying Kalaim to raise over. Our Mishnah was saying that it's only Dorabanon. Meaning, we had a whole discussion on but the issue of Kalaim being outside, it seemed that that was only a Dorabanon. So what's going on? So maybe just a little bit of introduction here as we go to the next Gemara. There are th- we're going to look at three different types of Kalayim here. There's, there's the worst type of Kalayim, which is called Kile HaKerem. When I have a vineyard, and then I have the vineyard, inside of it I start planting other, other, other seeds, wheat and barley. According to one opinion, I have to plant wheat, barley, and the grapevine all together. Because other opinions, not necessarily, we'll see. But that's Kile HaKerem. Kile HaKerem is the most severe, and the stuff even becomes also in benefit.
but that's unique to the Kela Karim of the vineyard. Then there's Tom planting two species together, like two different types of seeds. That's less strict. And then there's taking two existing trees together and what we call a grafting, where like I'm combining two existing entities of trees growing together and mixing them. So the Gemara didn't specify which type of Kalim we're talking about. It just said, you're local and Kalim of our Torah, that there's an Isra Dorai, so Kalim outside of Israel. So we asked, what do you mean Kalim's only drop on in the Mishnah said outside of Israel? So that's the Gemara Lokasha, Kanda Kalei Akarim. The Mishnah was talking about Kalim in the vineyard. That's only a drop on outside of Israel. Who said it's a Dorai, so it's talking specifically about grafting different species of trees, meaning it's already growing two independent entities, and now you're grafting, you're mixing them together. What's the basis to say that grafting different trees is darai, so if is only drop on it? Says the Gemara, where does this all come from? Kiddush Shmuel. And the context of Shmuel is to know that which of the forms of Kalayim are also to B'nai Noach. Shmuel says in Mesechah Sanhedrin that one of the mitzvahs that apply to B'nai Noach is Kalayim, but not all the types of Kalayim, only certain types. What does he say? Damar Shmuel, es chukosai tishmoru. My chukim you should observe. What does the Pasuk go on to say? Just look at the side of your Gemara. Behem kalayim. Don't mate different types of animals. Sad chalosizra kalayim. And don't plant... Um, don't plant seeds in your in your in your of two different uh, species in your field. Don't wear shotness. So he says like this. First of all, what does it mean? Chukim. Chukim Chukim implies it's already been answered. Meaning, even though it's in the Torah, it was already in effect before Sinai. It was already on Bnei Noach, and that's what we're saying is Chukah Saitishmor. So it's something which was already in observance. Anything which was already in halacha. So he applied to Bnei Noach, and then obviously will be outside of Israel as well. So the Torah says two things. Don't mate animals, and don't plant in your field two different species. So you would say, what is that talking about? Planting different seeds. But Shmuel says, Shmuel, no. Just as when I have animals, I'm not making animals. I have two different animals already. And I'm and they're two strong, independent entities, and I'm mating them, and, and that the, the child will be the mixture. So just as over there, I have grafting one species into another, so to speak, so too, when it says the satcha, when it speaks about mixing in your field, it's about grafting one species onto another. So what basically Shmuel is saying is that he's saying grafting is more the correct uh, analogy to mating animals. When you have two independent uni- units becoming one, and therefore the the, the kaline that the Pasuk is talking about is not mixing C, small seeds together in the field. It's talking about grafting trees from one another. And what he's saying is that you see in the Pasuk that grafting trees one with the other was something that was also to B'nai Noach already before the Torah was given, and therefore that's the thing that is also outside of Israel as well. However, Shmuel does agree that there is a Pashup shot in the Pasuk also that you're not allowed of any kaline, but that part is not talking, wasn't also to B'nai Noach, and that part's not. In, Outside of Israel. Now, just moving forward, just as the din of the animals is also outside of Israel, it's not land based. So, to the grafting is also eaten outside of Israel. It says, Your field, your field is mashma only Israel. That's talking about the climb of seeds, meaning there's two layers. Mashma, fascinating thing. There's two layers of Israel here. There's regular climb of seeds, and then there's climb of grafting trees, all included in South Israel. Why? How do we have the right to say that? Because it's also compared to Behemoth. So, that's exactly Shmuel's point. The din of of grafting, that's like animals, and that's Noah even outside of Israel. That was Noah even Noah as well. The din of making the seeds, that's only Sadcha, that's specific to Eretz Israel. So, so far, where are we? We've learned so far that there are really three types of Kalayim. We have 
the grafting, which is also outside of Israel, and that's even a Daraisa. That comes from Shmuel's Joshua. It was not even to even even by the Vene Noach. Then we have Kalayim of seas and Kalayim of vineyard, which both are not applying on a Daraisa level outside of Israel. So the Gemara says now we get more specific a story of Hanan Ravanan of you don't know about the halacha. The real halacha, what he's trying to say is, Achille is wrong, rather, putting different seeds together isn't even Asr Midrabanan. It's not even Asr Midrabanan, meaning the whole Isra Midrabanan that we gave, again, the Daraisa is grafting. The Midrabanan is only on Achille but different types of seeds might even be Mutter. Says the Marfusu Chazulab, and then they saw another man, he was planting wheat and barley in the grapevines. So that's for sure Midrabanan. Right, for sure that one should be a Midrabanan. No, you don't know the halachas of Kalim. You're right, Kelly Akarim is also Midrabanan outside of Israel, but look how Raboshia, don't we hold like the opinion of Raboshia? The Israel is only if I plant wheat, barley, and a grapeseed all simultaneously. But if they don't, if one exists prior to the other, and then I'm just mixing in all things other, that's not the that's not the Daraisa Iser. And therefore, even when it applies outside of Israel on a Darabanan level, this guy wasn't doing that. He wasn't doing the way that you're over on it on a Daraisa level. Very interesting. Chiddush Raboshia, a lot of discussion about Raboshia. Indian, but he learns that you have to plant in mamish all simultaneous the grapevines with the wheat and the barley. So therefore, this guy wasn't doing that, so we're not going to excommunicate him. Says Marvus from Rabbi used to mix seeds of two different species and plant them. Didn't we see in the Mitchell climbs also from Darbonon outside of Israel? So why are you planting different types of seeds? The Darbonon is only Kiliakarim. But regular seeds without a vineyard is not even awesome drabana. And the distinction is based upon how hummer the Kalayim is. Kalayim is in a vineyard where not only is it awesome, but it's also even in benefit. Then the rabbis were strict outside of Israel. of other seeds, which even in Israel itself are not awesome in benefit. Then they weren't gozer even outside. They weren't gozer at all outside of Israel. So just to clarify again, three types of Kalayim. Crafting two different types of trees, we're saying it's awesome with the rice outside of Israel. Then we have Kelai Kerem, which is also Midrabanan outside of Israel. Then we have Kelai Zroim, which is Hatter Gamar. Says the Gemara, but I said actually it's not correct. He was talking about that uh, planting climb of other seeds in Matarat of Israel's reviews. He said, No, I'm wrong. The Rav's organization to be Rav Mishar, Mishar, but Rav planted vegetable gardens for the yeshiva. For, he was, you know, it was interesting. Rav was the Rashiva, but he himself made the garden so that the boys had what to eat. So they, he made sure that the species of vegetables were in separate patches. Why did he do it that way? So it's anecdotal evidence, but it's, it seems to be good evidence. My time was from every Kalim, he was concerned for the Kalim to be mixed one with another. That's why he planted them in separate patches. I'm like, no, it's not a bitch. I'm the on top of them, it's if you would have shown me he had four different types of seeds on four sides of the patch and one in the middle which is coming off the mission of Kalim you could hypothetically plant five types of species in a small amount of area there's like a whole configuration that you do to make sure that it's not mixed and Rob followed that exact configuration that the mission I spoke about maximizing different types of species in a smaller amount of space shopper then your proof would be valid but here all you see is that he planted different patches he didn't wasn't necessarily trying to maximize space so why did he do it that way maybe just look better right that's the classic you can't bring anecdotal evidence maybe Rav just planted different patches in different parts because they'll make it look nicer or so that the shamish when he would go harvest it would be easier to harvest it he wouldn't have to get you know they weren't all growing all in the thicket together they were separately nice and organized it would be easier to pick so bottom line is the Gemara is coming out the Achilles Ram could in fact be mutter outside of Eretz Yisrael
Okay, now the Mishnah goes on a big tangent. It's totally seemingly unrelated to what we've been discussing. Whenever someone does a mitzvah, you get good. Okay, Pashtus to Mishnah means, what we understand means, you get good in this world, right? Theological sugi over here, not so easy to learn, but Pashtus, what the Mishnah is saying, the way the Gemara understands initially, is that you get reward in this world, the more mitzvahs you do. You have a longer life in Ochoz arts, you inherit the world. Rashi says that means the world to come. So you have both a good in this world and you have good in the next world as well. If you don't do a mitzvah, you don't get the good in this world. If you don't have a long life, and you don't inherit the world to come. So the Mishnah sounds like no matter what Mishnah, whatever, whatever, whatever what mitzvah it is, you get reward in this world and in the world to come. Says the Gemara Minu, this is a steer to the following Mishnah, famous Mishnah. These following mitzvahs, the fruit you enjoy in this world, but the principle of, for, for what you reward remains intact for the world to come. Meaning, these following mitzvahs are anomalous, that you get reward both in this world and the world to come. Elohim, keep it off aim, honoring parents, keep it off salam, kindness, akhmas, orachim, visitors, shalom, bin adam, lachavir, bring peace between people, bin adam, and kulam, studying Torah is equal to all of them combined. So the Mishnah lists a few things, five mitzvahs, and we're saying these get rewarded in this world and the next. Our Mishnah is mashma. Any mitzvah is rewarded both in this world and next. So which one is it? Is it any mitzvah or is it only these five? Amar v'yudah Amar. This is what our Mishnah is saying. Kol is a mitzvah achas. If a person does one mitzvah in addition to all of his merits, meaning the point is he makes sure that he has more merits than sins, even though he's rewarded with with good in this world and the next. And it's treated as if he has observed the the entire Torah. So what are we trying to say? We're trying to say like this. We're not saying any one mitzvah brings you reward in this world and in the world to come. No, really only the five mitzvahs do that. But what we're trying to say is as follows. If a person has mostly mitzvahs, then they get rewarded in this world and in the world to come. It's as if they have it all. And what the mission was saying, any one mitzvah means any one mitzvah can tip the scale. So the real idea of the Mishnah is someone who's 51% mitzvahs is rewarded in this world and in the world to come. That's the real point of the Mishnah. The point of the Mishnah, the way the Mishnah expresses that whoever does one mitzvah, what we mean to say is any one mitzvah can tip that scale. Whereas the five mean as follows. It would, say, it would seem to be that for the five, no matter what, how many averas you do, no matter how many averas you do, but if you do even just one of those five mitzvahs, then automatically it, it, you're going to get rewarded in this world and the world to come. But the Gemara doesn't accept that. The other five mitzvahs in the Mishnah there, it's even if even if you just observe one mitzvah, you get married in both worlds. How can that be? Yeah, even a person who has just one mitzvah, most of his things are sins, but he did one one of those mitzvahs, then he gets rewarded in this world and the world to come. How can that be? What do you mean to say? If it was equal... Machras, then the fact that it is one of those five, it tips the balance. So what we're saying is like this. Really, the idea is if you do mostly mitzvahs, you get rewarded in this world and the world to come. But there's a distinction between if it's 50-50 or if it has to be 51%. If you if it, you don't have one of the five mitzvahs and you're just dealing with regular mitzvahs, so then it has to be 51% mitzvahs. That's what our Mishnah was saying. Anyone who has one more mitzvah over his sins is rewarded in this world and the world to come. The Mishnah, the Mishnah Bikurim over there, there it's saying that if it's 50-50, but I have on the mitzvah side one of the five, then it's tipped in the balance of mitzvahs and I get rewarded in this world and the world to come. Okay, very good. So again, review those understanding of the Mishnah. Someone who did one more mitzvah than he has sins, that's where he gets rewarded in this world and the world in the world to come. So says the Gemara. But wait a second, is that really true? And this is the most basic theological question. Do we assume that someone who's a tzaddik, someone certainly, someone who has most mitzvahs, mitzvahs will necessarily enjoy a good life in Olam Hazah? Is that true? Is that true? Someone who has at least 51% mitzvahs here in this world, then he's rewarded with good in this world. What does the price say? Someone who has more mitzvahs than sins, 
Marian law, the opposite, is he suffers. He's treated as if you burn the whole Torah. And he's not preserved even one of the letters of the Torah. And why is Hashem doing that? So that in Olam Abba, you can get full reward. Meaning, actually, ironically, the more mitzvahs you do, maybe the, life, the, the worse your life will be here in this world. So if anyone has sins more than their marriage, even though, then the opposite, Hashem rewards them here in Olam It's treated, it seems like they observed the Torah, and they didn't miss a letter. Because Hashem is just trying to push away their punishment to be in the world to come and not here. So what's going on? Our Mishnah seems to be saying that what? If someone is mostly, mostly, mostly mitzvos, then they're rewarded in this world and the world to come. The price seems to say the opposite. If you're mostly mitzvos, then maybe the life will be bad here so that the real reward can come in Olam Abba. So I'm Rabbi Masni saying when our Mishnah says that you're rewarded with good, it doesn't mean good here in this world. It just means that, that here a good day is being prepared. What does that mean? He's actually punished in this world so that he could have a good in the world to come. Beyond bitch, and when the someone has more sins, then a bad day is being prepared to him. Meaning he's rewarded here in this world so that the bad day can come. So we're totally changing what our Mishnah meant. Our Mishnah did not mean if you do mitzvahs and you're 51%, you have a good life. That's not what Metivin law. Metivin law means his good is being prepared. But actually, the way he's going to get, get rewarded in this world might actually be with punishment. And that's all from the Chesed of Hashem so that he can get greater amount of uh, reward in Olam Abbas. So if we'd stop here, just for a second, what would the conclusion of the Gemara be? The conclusion of the Gemara is actually that Hashem is always, it's really all about Olam Abbas. It's never about Olam Azeh. That's what we seem to be saying here from the Mishnah. Says the Gemara Rav Amar, actually, no. It's actually Machlik Istanoim. Hamani, who's the, really our Mishnah is the way we thought, that if you do mitzvahs, you get rewarded in this world. You get mitzvahs in this world. The price was following it, uh, one tanya. The tanya, who is the tanya? Rabbi Yaakov, who damas kar He's the one who says, no, schar, you don't get schar in this world. The schar is not for here. There is no commandment with the reward that tchiyas that, amesim that is not dependent on. Meaning to say that the world is the one to come. The world is all only in the world to come. And uh, just to understand something, obviously, very hard theological idea. We're saying now it's a machlekes. It's only Rabbi Yaakov. But, I mean, don't we, like, read in the Torah that, like, you do things, Hashem will make it rain, and, like, you'll get reward. Like, well, what's going on? Like, or in, like, all the tocha, if you do bad, then your enemies will pursue you. It's not talking about all the mabos, talking about here. Like, what's going on? Very many, many different approaches to this. One approach is that one is for the tzibor, and one, one is for the yachid. Could say that the Torah is talking about is the general community. Rabbi Yaakov is talking about to the individual, to an individual. So meaning, If we wouldn't sin, we'd still be in Eretz Yisrael with the base on Mikdash, and like we believe that. We don't believe in that the community is punished if they do good. No, the opposite. We're punished because we do sin. But for a yachid, a person, private individual's life, the most they tire. It could be you could have a big tzaddik who might still suffer just like you guys create reward in all of Anyways, the Gemara, now Rabbi Yaakov gets back to Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov is saying that the reward for all mitzvahs is really all Abba, and he gets proof. But Kivad Aveim, what does it say about Kivad Aveim? It says, It says, Your days will be lengthened, so it will be good for you. It says, It will be good for you, you have long life. So Pashidim means, what does that mean? That you'll enjoy Olamaza. But what's the problem? Imagine a father said to a person, I'll let you be able to climb up the tower and get me some birds. I'll let you be able to climb up the tower. And he did. Um, he sent away the mother. He took the sons. When he came back, he fell and he died. So he just did the mitzvah of Kibbutz Aim. And it could still happen in life that he would die. Where's the good and long life? Must be everything is a reference not to here, but rather to the world to come. Says the Gemara. Maybe that story will never happen. Right? You can't bring a proof from what would happen. Maybe it would never happen. That's the point. Says the Gemara. Rabbi Yaakov actually saw that it did happen. 
Maybe at the time the person did it, he was thinking about committing a sin. So therefore, his mind wasn't thinking about Hashem. So, so then, so, so since he was sinning while he was doing it, so we're going to say that maybe it, 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 he's not going to get rewarded. Says the Gemara, no. Basic idea. So, someone thinks about sin, Hashem doesn't treat it like he, it, it, it is considered like he sinned. It's not a sin. It's just a thought. He wouldn't have followed through. Says the Gemara, but maybe he was thinking about it. For thinking about idolatry, even you're punished even for thought. So maybe he was thinking about it. And that's why he got punished. Says the Gemara, you know, that's what Yaakov was saying. If you think the reward for the mitzvah is in this world, then why is the performance of the mitzvah not protecting him? There, so you shouldn't come to this thought. Meaning the fact that it, he could be thinking about sinful sinful thoughts is itself a proof that the reward for mitzvah is not, is not in this world. Okay, great. And that was his proof. It must be lo So now the Gemara just has another question understanding this story that he saw. We have a, an idea that people doing a mitzvah are not harmed. So how could it be that we saw someone who did a mitzvah fall and die? So it's different. Blazer is talking about someone going to do a mitzvah. Here the son fell and in return after he did the mitzvah. Says the Gemara, "Amar Blazer Shulchan Mitzvah Nizokin Lo Ba'Alechasman Lechazras." And Rabbi Blazer said that the Shulchan Mitzvah aren't harmed even on their way on return. So we see that it's not only on the way to go; it's even on the return. Says the Gemara, "Sulam Ruah." You're right, but it was a rickety ladder. The Kviyah Hazeka. The potential is it's very clear. It's present. So it's not just like a fluke that nothing will bad here. It was right, right there in front of you. So you should have expected it to happen. Whenever the potential for harm is right there and clear, then we don't rely on miracles. Shmuel said, how can I go? Shmuel will hear and he will kill me. So he was, this is the case where Shmuel was told by Hashem to anoint David as the king. So he was going to do a mitzvah, but he was still reluctant to go because of the clear danger that would be there. Okay. Says the Gemara, there's somebody in Acher, a big Tana who went off the Darach. Had Acher understood the Pasuk, the way Rabbi Yaakov did, Rabbi Yaakov Arprate, like Rabbi Yaakov, who was the son of his daughter, Lo Chata, he would never have sinned. He went off the Darach because he didn't know Pshat in this Pasuk. Why? What happened with Acher? He saw the same story like Rabbi Yaakov did. So he, of someone who died after doing again, and that's what made him go off the Darach. Other people say, listen to He saw the tongue of Chutzman's Torkman, which had been ripped out by the Romans, one of the Asarbukimachas. Davigar was being dragged by something else, which is a reference to a pig. Amar, he said, the mouth that used to say pearls of the Torah should lick the dust, and he went out and he abandoned Torah. Okay, says the Gemara, Rami Bartuvia Barkisna the Rava. Raftuvi, the son of Kisna, had a stira that he asked the Rava. Tanan, our mission cycle is a mitzvah, Achas, Mativan, Lona, and one does a mitzvah, is rewarded with good. Oh, it's in it sound like if he did a mitzvah, he's rewarded. Law, so, if he didn't do a mitzvah, he's not. Raminu, Yashiv, Law, Arve, Nosal, Scharkos, a mitzvah. We see in the price, if someone sits and doesn't sin, you get rewarded like you did a mitzvah. So, basically, our question is, do you get rewarded for not sinning? Right? In our mission, it sounds like to get rewarded, you have to do good. Here in the price, it sounds like just. Refraining from doing bad, you get rewarded from. So Amalei Hazim went to Balad Rabbi Yada. The price is where he was. The opportunity for sin came to him. And even though he had a desire for it, he was still saved. So that you get reward for. But Stam, if you're sleeping in bed and there's no opportunity to sin, and then and your lack of sin is not rewarded. There was a noble woman who tried to get him to make an, to, 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 to have relations with her. Amar Milsa, so he said something to discourage her. Because of it, he somehow became covered with boils and scabs. So he said, a, a, a shame of Hashem. He's like, he's protecting himself with witchcraft here. It's very interesting. And he, he became covered in boils 
So Avdi Himilsa Vazasi Shvichi did an act of witchcraft right back and he was cured. He went and he hid in a bathhouse and there were demons always in that bathhouse. So when two people go into it in during the daytime, they would be harmed. So normally the demons don't harm pears and not during the day. But here it was such a dangerous place that even during the day, even when the rabbis went in with pears, they were harmed. So that was his way of protecting himself. The next day, said, Who protected you from the demons? He said, Shinei Tabla Menal knows the case are two bears from the Caesar, meaning two Roman people. He was modest. He didn't want to say that it was Malachim. He said it was it was the Roman people. They guard me the whole night. Amulei. They said Shemit Varav Erbeli Alcha. Maybe you were confronted with an act of morality and stuff, and you were saved. Maybe that's why you were saved because uh, because there was a. Uh, because there was a, a, a scenario of the other one, and you pushed it away, so that's why maybe nays happened. Maybe that's the Amisab shot. So Akabonim, that's the conclusion of the Gemara, that when Armish just said you only reward we good, it didn't mean to exclude from the prize. It was just saying if it wasn't temptation of sin, but whether the temptation of sin is in front of a person and still he is safe from it, and he doesn't sin, then in a Hanami, then you will be get rewarded as well. Okay, pick up more tomorrow.